Oh, Grace Church, Mark Wheeler here again for another week of our podcast, Alinea. Uh, but just wanted to take a second and uh, tell you again how much we love and miss you. Um, want to encourage you to stay strong. I know we're uh, still in our stay-at-home order, but every day you make it, every day you survive is one day closer to us being able to be united together again in person. Um, and I'm looking forward to that day where we can get together and worship again um, as one body of believers in person and we can hug and embrace each other and minister to one another. We're so looking forward to that. Um, I know we're right here at the, hopefully at the tail end of this. And um, I know we've got some events planned or we're starting up prayer again. And we're, we're excited and we're looking forward to that. And hopefully that's a catalyst of things to come to where we can not get back to the old normal, but get back to our new normal and embrace that and, and look forward to it and begin to engage that and, and move into the direction that God has for us. But again, I want to welcome you and thank you for joining another week of our podcast. We're in the series called Alinea, and that means the beginning of a new thought or idea. And we've been taking our foundational scripture from Isaiah 43, where Jesus is telling through a prophet, the children of Israel, to remember not the former things, but to look forward to the new things that he's doing, the ways in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert that he's creating So in this series, we're encouraging you to take a look at your life and embrace the new ideas, the new thoughts, the new things that Christ is doing for you, even in the midst of all of the uncertainty. Embrace the new things that he's bringing into your life, the new ideas, the new opportunities he's given you. Embrace that and see where the new opportunities take you. Embrace the alinea. So this week, we're going to be in John chapter four. We're going to read a, a pretty good amount of verses there. But it's a pretty familiar setting of scripture. This is the woman at the well. And we're going to be talking this week about a new beginning. A new beginning. In John chapter 4, we're going to start verse 3. It says, And he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of the ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Then cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask of a drink of me, which is a woman of Samaria? For the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked me, and he would have given him the living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. For whence then hast thou this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou who thou now hast is not thy husband. The woman 
saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, when ye shall neither worship in this mountain nor at Jerusalem, worship ye the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah is cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speaketh unto thee am he. So this is a pretty familiar setting of scripture. Jesus encounters this woman at this well and he he takes her through an exchange and ultimately he changes her entire perspective on life. He gives her a new beginning. Spoiler alert. But I want to dig into this a little bit more and hopefully show you a few things that will help you today to start your new beginning. So Jesus shows up to this woman in an unexpected place. See, this woman goes to the well and expects no one else to be there. But Jesus met this woman at a place that she didn't expect. And he had an encounter with her that led her to a new beginning. See, but Jesus knew this place pretty well. See, this is where he showed up to Abraham at first in Canaan and renewed his promise to him. You can find that in Genesis 12. And this is also the place where Abraham built an altar to God in Genesis 12. See, this was the point of safety that Jacob in Genesis 33 reached and where he would eventually purchase this land and dig a well. And later he would give this land to his son, Joseph. But I want you to catch this. Yes, Jacob built the well there. But before he built the well, he built an altar. Before there was a well of water, before there was a flowing of the spirit, Jacob built an altar to establish the connection to God. And a lot of the times we want the flows of the spirit without ever having to build the altars. But Jesus will never give a flow of the spirit where there is no altar. Jesus will never release his spirit where there is no connection. And so before we have this moving, before we have this water, before we have this flowing of the spirit, there has to be an altar. There has to be a place in prayer. There has to be a place of consecration where we connect with the father. So we find Jesus sitting on this well in a pretty familiar place to him. And we find this woman that comes to this well to draw water also and has this encounter with Jesus. And the woman, we know that she went to the well in the middle of the day expecting to be the only person there. She wanted to be alone due to the shame and the label and the stigma that was placed around her and her society. And we'll get to more on that a little bit later. But she showed up to this well and expected to be there by herself. But sometimes God shows up to us in the places we least expect. But it's always the place we're most vulnerable. He showed up to this woman at the well where she would be most vulnerable by herself and most receptive to speaking to Jesus. And God knew that. So he shows up to her and he engages into this conversation with her. Meets this woman at the well. And it points out in scripture that Jesus is tired and thirsty. I've always asked the question, if Jesus is almighty and he created everything, how can he be tired and how can he be thirsty? 
He created water. He is the living water. But he allowed himself to be weary. Catch that. He allowed himself to be weary. He subjected himself to every single part of humanity. He let himself be weary and he let himself be thirsty. Imagine being the creator of water and also being living water and being thirsty for water. But this is the links that Jesus went to to have an encounter with this woman. He's not just here by chance. He's here on purpose. So Jesus then asked this woman for a drink. And her response is interesting because when Jesus asked her about this drink, the woman responds not with a yes or no, but she responds with the thing that divides them. This is where she brings up the point. Oh, well, Jews and Samaritans don't really have this kind of relationship. So she asked Jesus a question about the thing that divided them. But Jesus answered with the solution that united them. See, the Jews and the Samaritans, they had some pretty bad history. They had some pretty bad blood between the two groups of people. And they weren't real big fans of each other. Due to all the history they had, they were they were the people that kind of stayed to themselves. They stayed away from each other because they knew there would be issues. If there were any Jews that had to go through Samaria, they would take an alternate route that was exponentially longer to not have to go through Samaria. But we see Jesus doing the exact opposite of that in this situation. He said he must needs go through Samaria. He chose the route directly through Samaria on purpose. So Jesus is walking through this place where they don't have dealings with each other, where the people don't necessarily like each other due to their history. And he has this encounter with this woman. And throughout this encounter, the lady brings up the thing that divides them. Whenever Jesus asked for a drink. And Jesus responds with the answer that unites him. See, the woman may have been a pretty, pretty shocked here because Jesus didn't treat her with the hate and the contempt that most Jews treated her with because of their history. Jesus spoke to her just as if he would anyone else with love and respect. And this was probably the first time for her in a long time that she had someone that was a Jew actually speak to her in a decent manner with respect. And so he he probably already captivated her attention just with that right there. And we can learn a lot from that as the church. How we present ourselves to people carries a lot of weight. Our interaction with people has carries a lot of weight. The way that we speak to people who don't necessarily believe the way that we are, that we do, the way that we interact with people who don't necessarily believe the way that we do, it carries a lot of weight. And we can win people, we can win their trust, we can win their confidence simply by interaction before we ever get into doctrine or what we believe or who we are. And that's what Jesus does with this woman. So she's already experiencing a different encounter with a Jew than she's used to. So Jesus tells this woman in response to her question, if you knew what God gave to you freely, if you knew the gift, what the scripture says, if you knew the gift that was given If you know what Jesus gave to you freely and who it is that you're talking to, you'd be asking me for the living water that I can give. See, Jesus tells this woman, if you only knew the free gift that Jesus gave and who it is that's talking to you, a.k.a. the gift in flesh, 
you'd be begging me for the living water I could give you. She was talking to the living water. She was talking to the gift in flesh. The woman then asked Jesus, well, why are you at the well offering me water if you don't have anything to draw with? She's a little bit confused. She can't understand where this living water that Jesus is offering is coming from and how he was getting it because they're at a physical well. And Jesus initially asked her for something to drink and he didn't even have anything to draw with. And now the roles are reversed where Jesus is offering her living water and she just can't wrap her mind around where is this living water come from? Now, again, we as the reader have the benefit of hindsight. We know how the story plays out. We know that Jesus is referring to himself as the living water and himself as the well. And so we know that it is a gift he can freely give. But the woman doesn't quite have that understanding here in the moment. So she asked Jesus. Are you better than Jacob? Our father who dug this well and drank from this well himself and his children and his cattle, are you better than Jacob to say that you can give me water from a better well? And the answer is obviously yes. But Jesus doesn't just come out and just say, yep, I'm better than him. I'm almighty. We get to that part later. He takes a step back and he explains the difference between the physical well and the physical water. And the spiritual well and the spiritual water. Jesus takes the time to bring her into understanding. He differentiates between this water and this physical well that you'll drink and that you'll that will satisfy you for a moment, but that will leave you thirsty again. And the spiritual well that's standing right in front of you, that the water that comes out of it, you'll drink of and you'll forever be satisfied. And once Jesus is done explaining and once he brings her into understanding, the woman is sold. Completely sold. Jesus closes the deal, says, look, done here. You get it. You see it. Sold. But. If Jesus is going to close the deal, he understands that he has to do something else first. He has to confront and deal with her past. So Jesus has her in a place where she's ready to receive the living water, and now he has to deal with her past. So Jesus tells the woman to go and to get her husband. Now, Jesus is is infinite in wisdom. He knows everything. And so he already knows that she doesn't have a husband. And he knows that this is the exact source of her sin. And when the woman fesses up to it and says, well, I don't have a husband, he says, yep, you, you said that right. Because you had five and the one that you're with now is not your husband. You're living in sin. Jesus confronts her about her sin, but not to shame her about it. Not to shame her about it. Not to bring her into a place of condemnation, not to make her feel terrible about her sin and make her feel like she was a terrible person. He exposes her sin so he can cover it and extend his grace. He exposes the sin to never failing grace and mercy. Because, see, Jesus can't cover the secret sins that we don't expose to him. The blood has the power to reach everywhere, but it only reaches where we let it. It's powerful enough to cover everything, but it won't cover the things that we hide. 
And so before Jesus can move us into something new, he has to deal with our past. And in order to deal with our past, our past has to be exposed to him. Jesus can't answer the prayers that we don't pray. He can't give grace for the things that we don't ask for. And so Jesus exposes this woman's sin, again, not to shame her, but to offer and extend her grace so that he can cover the sin and begin to move her into a new beginning. And from here, Jesus brings her into the revelation of who he is. He brings her into the belief in him and he establishes who he is. And in verse 28, something amazing happens here. Because the woman has the understanding, she has the revelation, she's exposed her past and received the forgiveness. And Jesus is granting her access to this living water. And what she does in verse 28 is amazing. Because the woman left her water pot. She left the thing that she came there for and with. She left the thing that connected her to the temporary satisfaction. Because she didn't need it anymore. She left the temporary water. She left the physical well. She left the method of her past. She left the thing that she trusted and walked away satisfied with living water from a well that never runs dry. See, the most clear and evident aspect of this scripture to me is that Jesus is drawn to people that are hungry and thirsty. And he will never ever leave them unsatisfied. It may not have been the way that this woman expected, but it was the way that she needed. He gave this woman an unexpected answer. And at some point in our life, we find ourselves in the same position as this woman. We find ourselves enslaved to our past, our sin. We find ourselves trapped in condemnation and shame. But Jesus came to bridge the gap between the thirst and the water. The woman asked Jesus why he came to the well with nothing to draw with without realizing that he was the instrument to draw with and also the water. And I find it interesting in scripture that it doesn't ever record throughout the entire story where Jesus actually drinks the physical water that he asked for. And I think it's because he one, he really didn't need it. And later in in scripture, when his disciples show back up, they went into the town to get food. They come back and they offer Jesus the food. And he's like, no, I don't need that food. He's like, I don't need that. His satisfaction came from doing the will of his father. His satisfaction came from the spiritual water. So Jesus shows up to even us while we're trapped in our sin, our disappointment, our condemnation. He shows up with the promise of living water and a new beginning. And just like he did for this woman, he wants to start something new in us. He wants to start an alinea in us, a new beginning in us. 
offering us the opportunity of the living water that always satisfies. But it's not just for us. Because scripture tells us later that Jesus, the Jew, that wasn't supposed to have dealings with Samaritans, after this woman has this encounter and gets filled up with this living and everlasting water, and the spirit of God goes back to the city and tells the men that there's this prophet over here that just told me everything and all the sin that I've encountered. And he forgave me of it. And he gave me this everlasting water. And you have to come and see him. And so Jesus is invited into the city of Samaria, where the Jews and Samaritans have no dealings. And he stays for at least two days. And the Bible says he taught there and many believed on him. See, not only did Jesus give a new beginning to the Samaritan woman that was caught in sin and trapped by her shame, but Jesus gave a new beginning to the relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans. He extended an arm of grace, an arm of restoration, an arm of healing, an arm of unity to two nations who had no previous dealings because of their past. See, the everlasting water and the love of Christ not only tears down the barriers of sin in our life, but it also tears down the barriers of division. The things that separate us. The things that push us away from each other. So let me ask you a question. What is your source of satisfaction? Is it your job? Your image, your social status, your socioeconomic status? Is it the number in your bank account? Is it your position? Is it your title? Is it your relationship? Is it the opinion of others? What is satisfying you? Because what Jesus explained to this woman is that when you put your source of satisfaction into this physical well, you're going to have to keep coming back to it. But when you put your source of satisfaction into the everlasting father, all you need is one drink. And you will be forever satisfied. One touch of the master, one encounter in his presence. It only takes one time for Jesus to change your entire life. And Jesus is telling us the same thing today. When you put your source of satisfaction in anything but the father, you're going to have to keep going back to it. And if your source of satisfaction is anything but Jesus, then it's time for a new beginning. It's time for an Alinea. Because in our difficult times, where we're stuck going back to the thing that will never satisfy us, Jesus has met us there. And he's making us the same offer that he made to this woman. He's offering us a new beginning, a new normal. He's offering us an opportunity so that things don't have to be the way that they once were. 
It's going to be a popular thing once we can get back together again. And it's so powerful. But you're going to hear this a lot. There's going to be a new normal. Things will never go back to the way that they once were. There will be a new normal. But for a lot of us, it's exactly what we need. Because we've been putting our source of satisfaction into the hands of the wrong thing. And Jesus has positioned us for a new beginning. So I want to encourage you today. Find your source of satisfaction. And if the answer is anything but Jesus, then embrace the new normal. Allow him to change you. Have an encounter with Jesus. Drink of the everlasting water. Embrace the new beginning. And allow the Alenia. Let him do a new thing in you. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful for your spirit. We're so thankful, God, that you're willing to go out of your way and to meet us in the places where we're the most vulnerable, God, to where we can hear you and see you the clearest. We're so thankful, God, that you just didn't take the easy way out and to walk around our issues and walk around our problems. But you met us, Jesus, in the middle of our hurt in the middle of our disappointments, in the middle of our uncertainties, in the middle of our confusions, you met us there. God, and you offered a window of opportunity to give us a new beginning. And God, we're embracing that today. Begin something new in us, Jesus. Just like you did for this woman, change us. God, give us access to this everlasting water that is your spirit. Let us find the newness of life That is only found in you. God, equip us to go forward, Jesus, and to share this experience of living water to the rest of the world and the rest of the people that we come in contact with. Start a new beginning in us. And God, if that means not going back to the way that things were, that's fine with us. We'll embrace the new normal. We'll embrace the new thought and idea that you're, you're giving to us. God, continue to lead us, continue to guide us, continue to keep us safe in the midst of these uncertain times. Keep your hand upon each and every family, every person listening to this podcast. And we're going to give you praise. We'll give you glory and honor. We ask it all in Jesus name. Amen.